It's time for the show with Jared Jesselitis. Oh, yes. And what was that beginning, middle, and end part again? Streaming online at 1017thehammer.com. All right. Sounds good. Let's do this. as the Red Devils are looking to scoop up their first sectional title since 2018. It's been a minute. Last time they did that, it worked out well. Uh, they went all the way to the state championship and won. So, uh, great guess that we got lined up here today. I, I did want to start out here. Uh, I kind of scrapped need to know news here, uh, and I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, Boiler Basketball last night. Uh, that cruised to a uh, big victory last night, 102 to 57, uh, in front of a sold out Mackey Arena. I mean, the enthusiasm for basketball remains very high in West Lafayette, and uh, it was on full display last night uh, with a team that, you know, we talked to Brian Newbert yesterday, we don't know a lot about. And I think there's some comfort in that because you can set the bar low for yourself and then be amazed by what you see. You know, because there's a lot of young guys here in this lineup to where you, you don't know what's going to happen, right? There, there's that promise. There's that hope. You don't have anything to to kind of blunt that at all. all. All you're working off of going up to this, when it came to a lot of these freshmen and redshirt freshmen, were what you hear from uh, people in the media telling you uh, how these guys look at practice. Maybe you went to the uh, the practice on fan day, but, I mean, outside of that, all you're doing is you're, you're, you're hearing a buzz, right? You're hearing people on the internet talking. And last night was your first chance to get a uh, a good look at these guys and uh, what they're about. And, you know, I, I think you walk away from that game feeling very excited. Uh, you should have been doing that anyway. Because I think this team does have a lot of talented parts. It will have its flaws. They're just not wholly exposed yet. I mean, they're supposed to beat Truman State uh, by darn near 50. At least like 30. But they really showed out last night. There, There's some good things that I like in the box score. There are some uh, things with this. I, I feel like I want you to temper your expectations a, a little bit here. Because you see this great performance. And it was a great performance. And I think fans get a little too energized sometimes. If it's one thing last year taught me, it's that how much we can overreact to losses. And I think what's happened here is... And just judge by Twitter, I really don't want to rain on your parade, and I'm not poo-pooing this team at all. But I think what's happened here is you have a lot of unknowns. You know you like Zach Eady a lot. You know Mason Gillis is good. You've heard great things about um, Trey Kaufman, Wren. You've heard all these great things about Fletcher Lawyer and uh, and Smith, and you know how this team's got all these shooters, and you get like all you know you get all worked up, and you get all excited about this, and then they storm out of the gates and you're, you're ready to take on the world, rank us, you cowards and stuff, and then here comes a bad loss and some flaws, and you get 
really, really mad about things and upset, and you start yelling, you're pointing the fingers at this and this and that, and then that reverberates uh, through the rest of the fan base because there's a lot of other people doing that, and then it gets back to these players, and then that's what seemed to happen last year. You know, we had Brian talk about it uh, again yesterday about what it was like after that St. Peter's loss uh, with the team and how they kind of felt some relief because, quite frankly, we had massive meltdowns in the fan bases when they lost. So while you're excited, and I think you should be excited about this team, again, they're supposed to do this kind of stuff to Truman State. I think they probably... Turned it up a little to 11 last night. And this is a, a much bigger margin I think anybody was expecting. Because what they gave Iowa some trouble, didn't they, just a, a few days ago? So I'm just saying, pace yourself a little bit here. Because I saw some reaction that you would swear this is a team that's slated to be number one in, in the country. Heck, maybe it goes there at one point. Maybe it could. But it's early. I'm just saying... Pace yourself here. We don't really know what the flaws of this team, and this this game was not going to show those flaws, I think. And Purdue was supposed to win this one, and by good margin. They went out and did what they were supposed to. And with, again, a, a lot of freshmen and redshirt freshmen contributing, uh, being starters, I think it should be a relief to you as a Purdue fan that uh, they didn't shrink in this moment at all. They came in there, and they accepted it, and this is a great, it's a great first step. I don't know a whole lot about Truman State, but I do know that shooting 36% from the field is uh, not going to win you any basketball games. I know 9 of 33 from behind the arc definitely ain't going to win you basketball games. Double digits in turnovers for Truman State. Here's one stat that I'll... Let me save that one. Let me, let me go through what Purdue did. Zach Eady with 23 and 7 rebounds. Yeah, he's going to do that against Truman. Again, what you're supposed to do. Mason Gillis, 19 minutes, he had his five boards, four assists, blocked nine points. Wren looked great, six of seven from the field. We told you this team had shooters, 15 points. Newman coming off the bench and played 20 minutes. I saw a lot of people that were Surprised that it was Fletcher Lawyer over Brandon Newman, and in the end, Newman plays more minutes. Fletch didn't get off to a great start at one and seven. Just the three points. That was the one from behind the arc. Again, patience. But I thought it was good. I thought the transfer Jenkins I got 18 minutes, a little bit more than I thought he was going to, but he looked solid. You know, five assists. So I was pretty pleased. And Caleb first, I mean, eleven and six. Yeah, that's uh, about what I expect him to do. I think him and him and uh, Brian told us about this. Him and uh, Trey Kopp and Wren were going to give you that new kind of dimension, something different than what Zach Eating, Mason Gillis were going to give you. And uh, I definitely liked it. Zach was eight of nine. Um, the things that I really liked here: turnovers, just four. That's amazing. You had uh, 28 assists. Very, very good. Shot over 50%. 35 from behind the arc is uh, okay. We're good there. I liked it. I liked what I saw. The number that jumps out to me in the in the box score here that I absolutely loved 
was points off of turnovers for Truman State. Zero. Zero. That's my favorite stat from this box score. Not Edie scoring 23 or, um, you know, 6-7 for Trey Coffin, right? Yeah, that's all nice. Zero points off the turnover and just four turnovers for Purdue. Better job of valuing the basketball, which we didn't think they did well last year. Uh, it seems to be taken to heart this year. Again, this is what's supposed to happen. Maybe not. Uh, maybe Purdue kind of outkicked the coverage, so to speak, a little bit on what they were supposed to do here. I'm impressed with what I saw. I'm intrigued, but I'm going to temper those expectations because we just don't know where the warts are yet. Um, and, and there will be. Every team has them. Question is, when do they get exposed, and can Purdue then adjust and, uh, and and find ways to win against teams that will expose those flaws? That's the question moving forward here. You're not going to get that answer on night one. Probably not going to get that answer for a couple of weeks. But that'll be the first thing that I need to see is, once they get exposed in some area, can they rally and overcome uh, those deficiencies. That's what I want to see. All right, let's do best bets here for tonight. Last night, sometimes it all lines up and you say, no problem, right? You get like the number one, like let's say it's like the number one quarterback against the uh, last ranked uh, passing defense in the league. And the quarterback somehow doesn't hit the over. And you just shrug your shoulders. Like, you can do all the math, you can find all the angles, have all this data to support it, and sometimes it just don't hit. That happened to us last night with the uh, NHL bet. Uh, it is what it is. And then uh, Levine was not supposed to play, and then he played. Bulls won, uh, but DeRozan doesn't hit his over either. So, well, we worked with what the data we had at the time, and uh, it did not pan out. But that's okay. We got another night here. We've Four days out of five the last two weeks we've we've hit, okay? So we're still doing pretty darn good. We're back at it again tonight with some Thursday night football. The Eagles a 13.5-point favorite this evening with an official uh, crew that does not call a whole heck of a lot of penalties. I mean, you're looking at bottom tier here tonight in penalty calling. Rolstead. Second fewest penalties per game this year. In his last 100 games officiated, home teams like Houston are just 39 and 61 against the spread. It's 39%. Home dogs, even worse. 15 for 30. That's 33%. It's looking good like the Eagles, who, uh, by the way, um, are still undefeated. Houston, not going to have. Brandon Crooks, he's he's upset. His feelings were hurt. He didn't get traded. Doesn't sound like they're going to have Nico Collins either. I mean, who's Mills going to throw the football to? Can't keep checking it down to Pierce all day. I mean, that's been the lone uh, that's been the lone thing that's carried them has been uh, Pierce, and uh, they're going to key in on him tonight. They're going to key on him a lot tonight. So I. I I mean, the Eagles are going to roll in this one. Where do we find the money at here? Well, uh, anytime touchdown scores look good for the Eagles tonight. Uh, Eagles have given uh, have touchdowns um, seven by running backs this year, two by uh, this is in the red zone, uh, two by top wide receivers, uh, three to the slot, and two to tight ends. Those are the TDs that they've given up this year. So you like Pierce in that, but again, 
I want to stay away. Miles Sanders leads in red zone rushing attempts. So we like Miles tonight. Jalen Hurts is number two, which isn't a surprise. A.J. Brown, the most targeted in the past game in the red zone with 12 attempts. Um, and then uh, Goddard with five, but no touchdowns. Texans uh, have given up uh, 11 touchdowns to running backs this season. So, yeah, we like Miles Sanders to score tonight. Um, Pierce gets all the red zone rushing attempts, which is good if you want to take him. I just don't know how many attempts he's going to get in the red zone tonight. Pierce also leads in passing targets in the red zone. So if they get inside the 20, I mean, Pierce is getting the football. That's the way that they normally operate. Houston does give up the most rushing yards per game in the league. So I, I think you're watching for Jalen Hurts uh, rushing yards tonight. You're looking at Miles Sanders rushing yards tonight. And I think you like Miles Sanders to score a touchdown here. Because like I said, the Texans, the most they've given up uh, this season in touchdowns to a position, it's to running backs. And it's not even close. It's 11. I think the next closest has like two. So they give up a lot to running backs tonight. We like Miles Sanders to uh, score this evening. I also feel like with a lack of wide receivers tonight, uh, Mills to throw an INT, which is around even money, is probably worth a little bit of your time and attention this evening. Think about that one, especially if you're looking for a uh, a solid leg tonight. Uh, to throw into uh, one of those uh, risk-free parlays. I know there's a lot of them. Uh, he's got eight touchdowns and six INTs this season, uh, does Davis Mills. They don't throw it a heck of a lot, but they're going to end up down, and, and what are they going to do? I mean, he's going to have to do it. He's got a uh, touchdown in each of his last two. Uh, he threw two against the Bears, two against the Chargers, none against Jacksonville, and then one against Las Vegas, and another one last week against uh, Tennessee. So, um, they haven't really been in any like huge blowouts, too. This 13 really concerns me, 13 and a half. The Eagles are clearly the better team. Can they cover that? I mean, you would think that they could, but I go back to the Texans here, and I don't think, what, the Las Vegas, they lost 38 to 20, which Las Vegas is a terrible team. But outside of that 18-point loss, they've all been basically single-digit losses all season. So I don't know. Um, also, you know, the under's probably pretty attractive here as well because we don't count on the Texans scoring a whole lot of points. But my official one tonight, I'm taking Miles Sanders to score a touchdown. I may ladder that and take him to score two touchdowns as well. Everybody's got A.J. Brown props tonight, which always scares me. When you always see all the books advertise some big boost for you and then they always have the same player, that always makes me wonder. It never seems like that works out well. So uh, I'm going to go ahead. I'll, I'll jump on the Miles Sanders bandwagon tonight. Uh, I also like uh, over in hockey because, again, we're so good with these uh, shots on goals. I know it didn't hit last night, but still, you take a look at the last two and a half weeks and we've been crushing it. Timo Meyer for the uh, San Jose Sharks, one of the highest volume shooters in the NHL tonight. Um, he takes a lot of shots on the power play. They take on Florida tonight. Florida, the fourth most penalized team in the league. I'm going to go ahead and uh, trust in Timo tonight. Plus, Florida's got to go all the way across the country to play late in San Jose. Uh, I love fading teams that have to cross all those time zones. So I'm on Timo tonight. That is my uh, hockey shots on goal prop for the evening. Let's see if we can get back on our winning ways with those bets tonight. We've got a break. Coach Katie Gerald's next here. Welcome back. It's the Hammer Down Show, 1017 The Hammer and 1017TheHammer.com. Over to our Blue Fox Heating Cooling Hammerhead Hotline, we go. Oh, I love our next guest. Coach Katie Geralds is on with us as Purdue gets set to open up their season on Sunday, 2 o'clock inside Mackey Arena. Coach, 
It's a pleasure to be talking with you here again. You know, we talked at this point last year, and you were kind of learning on the fly there, right? It had been about like a month in or so, and I think you're still trying to kind of get the, the bearings and learn about your team. So now that you finally had that, like, that full year to get your feet wet here, what did you learn over that process last year about yourself as a coach? Yeah, first of all, thanks for having me on, Jared. Um, always good talking to you. Uh, last year this time was crazy. Um, I think I've settled in a little bit more. Um, just everything feels a little bit more normal for me uh, personally. And I think everybody else around too, you know, we, we almost got a full staff. We, you know, are, we kind of know what each other's doing, what, what each other's supposed to be doing. And quite frankly, I get to coach basketball. I've got other people around me doing the other stuff that I was trying to do last year. Now I get to coach basketball and do some recruiting and uh, life is good. So a little bit more kind of uh, off your chest here, so to speak, that you don't have to worry about uh, all these other little details, and, and you could focus on your main goal here, which is uh, getting this team prepped. That's got to, uh, yeah, that, that's got to make things in your life a whole lot easier at this point, doesn't it? Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot easier. I, I just breathe. I breathe better when I come to the office. I don't stress. Obviously, stress with games and recruiting. That's that never goes away as a coach, but uh, just a, a lot more normalcy around here for everybody. Did you have a moment, uh, maybe it was it finally came during the off season or anything, to where, because um, I'm assuming right when you go out there, you're used to coaching on a, and playing on a big stage like this, but uh, with all the change that was happening so quickly and everything you had going on there too, I, I'm assuming it could be overwhelming at times. So did you like have a moment last season at, at any point where you just kind of you're able to take a breath and go, okay, this all feels normal again here, we're, we're ready to go? Yeah, honestly, it probably happens early, early summer, so like May, right before June. Um, you know, once we got through the the off season in the spring, and you know, the portal, were we going to get anybody who was leaving? That kind of sense. Um, in May, just kind of stepped away, took a trip for a week to Key West, and just you know, hit the reset button. Like, okay, this is what this is what I this was supposed to be the timing, right? So. Yep. Here we go. Um, this, you know, basically, I know what I wanted to do. I know where we wanted to go as a team, and now is the time to to really just, you know, put put the big girl panties on and, and get the job done. <laughs> Seventeen and fifteen last year it was a really good non conference slate for you guys. And I know uh, once we got to the Big Ten season, probably not the result you wanted with the seven and eleven, but you know, good wins over a ranked uh, Florida State team there. Uh, it definitely gives you great stuff to build on. Uh, I do love that the, the pieces that you have coming back on this roster, Coach, are, are great. Uh, you know, Cassidy Harden is a fifth-year senior. I know she's a great leader for you as well. You know, having uh, women like Abby Ellis back, Madison Layden, Ricky Woltman. Um, the, the cupboard's not bare for you when it comes to your leaders and uh, your upperclassmen, right? Yeah, it's, it's good to – and there's just kind of a familiarity around us. You know, everybody's a little bit more comfortable – um, obviously we added a couple transfers and have some freshmen on our roster that are still kind of learning the way, but, um, of our 13, what well, eight of those are returning and played significant minutes for us. So, um, you know, I, we always tell them all the time, like the best team, the best teams are players led, you know, they're, they're player led. They were still learning me last year. I was still learning them and, you know, that now they know what, what makes me tick and, um, they, uh, they make sure all of those little things are taken care of and, uh, just really super excited to coach this group and and i think uh, one of the big things about having so many upperclassmen coming back and, and uh especially some like the you know the fifth year girls like you have like like cassidy 
uh, when you want to establish that culture, when you come in, every coach wants to establish that uh, kind of culture. Now, uh, not having that huge turnover uh, from last year, I think it's going to be easier to build that locker room uh, because you have such great leaders, like I said, in, in girls like uh, Cassidy and, and Madison and stuff. You said to yourself, they know what to expect out of you, and I think that's the way you build winning programs with the culture, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, you take you take culture over over talent almost any day, because um, when when the when the going gets tough and it's the fourth quarter and it's a grind, culture normally will will see through. Um, obviously, got to have some talent to win those ball games, and I love the I love the makeup of our roster. I love the versatility, um, but I think overall, I know games haven't started for us, and playing time is not out there yet. But the vibe in our locker room is just different than it was all last year. Um, and it's just a really healthy place for everybody. Coach Katie Gerald's on with us here on the uh, Hammerhead Hotline. They take on Purdue Northwest uh, this Sunday, 2 o'clock. You can pick up your tickets at PurdueSports.com and uh, get out there and support this squad. Uh, it's a nice little non-conference slate and then uh, some interesting trips here. I mean, uh, the back half of the uh, month, you're heading down to Cancun, which I hear is lovely at the end of November. Uh, so you get down there for around Thanksgiving and then um, back home for a little slate, uh, the uh, Big Ten ACC Challenge at home against Syracuse. A little toe dip into the pool for the Big Ten, and then you guys are out to Las Vegas, and all of a sudden uh, we're into the Big Ten slate here. Talk a little bit about your non-conference and, and what you hope to accomplish with some of these matchups. Yeah, um, I think it kind of sets us up pretty well for for where we are as a program leading into the Big Ten. Um, you know, you you want to make sure you're winning your games at Mackey Arena, no matter who you're playing. Um, so non-con or con, you got to make sure you protect this place here. Um, you know, I think Marshall's gonna, Marshall is going to be a tough one out the gate. Um, you know, I think we only beat them by 10, and they've got a, a brand-new roster, so really don't know what to expect with those guys, but really well-coached basketball team. Um, then you get into when we go to Cancun, I mean, three games in three days. I uh, kind of wanted to play those three games just to, you know, just to kind of mimic what we hope to be doing at the Big Ten tournament when we got to play three games in three days um, down, you know, out in, out in Minneapolis. So, um, and then obviously coming back a little, like you said, a little dip into to the big 10 play at Michigan state is our first one. They, they ended our, our regular season last year. So we'll be hungry for that one. Um, uh, Vegas will be fun. I think, uh, we play Texas A&M, Texas A&M down there right after we play Campbell. So a, a tough team out on a back to back. Um, and then it doesn't get any easier coming back from Christmas, going to Iowa to, to start back up a bit with big 10 play. But you know, what a, what a cool league we play in when you got six teams in the top 25 on the women's side out of the big 10 so every every week is going to be a dog fight i'm pulling for you against that a&m team i got some a&m alums in the family here so uh, i'm going to be very very invested in that well, game let's see if we can protect the house there we'll, we'll, we'll see if we can do our job you know you i know you guys work hard there G- give me a player on your squad this year that uh, fans might not be uh familiar with exactly but are going to absolutely love watching her play this year yeah, I think both of our um, both of our transfer transfers in this year out of the portal. Um, Laisha Petrie, fans got a little taste of her when we played against Rutgers, um, but she's a fifth year tra- fifth year senior from from Rutgers. Started her career at Bradley, long, athletic, wants to wants to run and play in the open floor. So we're gonna get the ball in her her hands in transition. And then uh, Caitlin Harper, uh, uh, the WAC Player of the Year out of Cal Baptist, is uh, kind of a game changer for us. Um, can can score inside. Kind of got this old man's game to her, where she's really crafty and um, inside, but then she can stretch the ball to the you know stretch the stretch the court to the three point line. Um, so her and Ricky just kind of like 
I tell and I tell them all the time, like let's let's be Zach Eady and, and Travion Williams how they how they were last year and complement each other um, the best they can. And I, I you know I think those two are going to be difference makers for our, our ball club this year. Uh, do we need to get our headband and the horse Grant glasses too to really complete the YMCA old man I, look? I mean, I think I would be all for that. I don't know if he would, <laughs> he would, he would, he would fly with her, but I'd be all for it. <laughs> Coach Katie Gerald's uh, Purdue women's basketball kicks off the season again. Uh, this Sunday, 2 o'clock, tickets are available, PurdueSports.com, and then the regular season kicks off uh, next Thursday, the 10th, against Marshall. I hear there's a very handsome local uh, radio celebrity filling on on the PA on that night. Just I, that's I what hear I that, too. I, um, I'm actually looking forward to, to seeing what kind of juice he brings for our team for our team that game i am scared like you would not no. believe i am so scared like i did i did all of uh, soccer this year and i thought that went good but this is like w- this is way way more i'm so nervous about this well, thing here, so I'll, I'll tell you this i i went to a lot of soccer games this year and i heard you on the on the pa and so when they brought me your name to do our first game i was like yep check approved right oh, like all right I, he it, it, you know Carson is special, and he's the voice of everybody, but if anybody can fill his shoes, it's going to be you. Oh, boy. I'll t- <laughs> now I'm more nervous. Oh, I appreciate on. the vote of confidence, <laughs> but now I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. Carson is super good. Oh, my gosh. You don't want to be the guy that replaces feel, the guy. Uh, it's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to it. Coach, hey, I- I'm really looking forward to the season as well. I think you got a great squad here. Excited to see what they're able to do, and uh, best of luck as the season starts out on Sunday. All right. Thanks, Jerry. Welcome back. It is the Hammerdown Show, 101.7 The Hammer and 1017thehammer.com. We're over to our Blue Fox Heating and Cooling Hammerhead Hotline. Coach Shane Fry is back with us here. Uh, West Lafayette undefeated still. Let know after a 52-12 win up in Calumet. They'll have to head on back up in that direction here on Friday night as they take on Hanover Central. Uh, Coach, first off, congratulations. Uh, yet another win there for you guys. Um, you know, that was a Calumet team that only had one loss on the season, had been playing some pretty darn good defense, too, throughout the season, but uh, you guys still hung uh, that 50-burger up there on them. Uh, I'm sure you're pretty pleased with the way your guys performed last week. Absolutely. Got off to a great start. You never you never know with a road trip like that, but, uh, you know, we had an interception on the first play of the game, drove down, scored. Um, just everything seemed to click. Well, that's good there too because uh, you know we, we want you guys to continue to roll on here. And, and I said the Warriors uh, were a pretty good, solid team here, but you guys take it to them. Now you're looking at a uh, sectional championship game against a uh, very formidable opponent in uh, Hanover Central. Wildcats are 11 and 0. And speaking of good defenses, uh, I mean, come on, uh, you're I, the whole regular season. Nobody made uh, scored more than one score. That was it. I mean, nobody got more than seven points against them. Uh, what is it about their defense that they do so well that uh, makes it tough to score? Yeah, re- really lights out defense. Um, they've got a, a great mix of of size and strength up front, and then they've got speed uh, everywhere. Um, I mean, they're I'm not sure if we've ever played a faster team than this. So um, you know, it's it's a good combination on defense to be big and strong up front and quick in the back end. So. Well, I guess it's uh, pretty good then uh, having the speed that you've had for so many years. It, it feels like it's a it's a, one of those like mirrored games almost. There, it's a it's a tempo and a, and a speed from guys uh, that you you know shouldn't be that foreign to you guys. You practice against it every day, don't you? Yeah, it, it, they do look a lot like us. Um, you know, offensively, geez, if you did a blind test, uh, I don't know if you'd know which team was which. Um, they look a lot like us on offense and then defense. Uh, they're clearly bigger than we are on defense, and then they play a little different than we do. But 
um, our defense is playing great right now, and so is theirs. So it's it's gonna be a great game. How is the health going here? I, I know I, I had heard maybe we were getting both Kitchell will be a full Kitchell uh, back here because I know uh, one of them was hurt earlier on the season with the shoulder. Uh, how, how's the health of the team here? And you're looking to get some guys back this week. Yeah, we're we're good. Uh, Coop um, actually got released last week and played. I don't know, maybe. 25% of the snaps last week, uh, just trying to get his game legs back. Um, so he'll be playing for us uh, and everybody else. Um, we're good. Uh, a couple of our guys are removing casts. So, uh, you know, <laughs> at some point uh, they're starting to feel better also. Still obviously can't play, but um, can move around a little easier. So that's good. Uh, no, we had no appendix burst this week. No, nobody's been uh, dropping knives during home ec nope. or anything like that. We're all, we're, we're good. No knives and no appendix, so we are good. Uh, congratulations on that, right there. By the way, uh, that's yeah. uh, that's it's just it's been one of those years, man. It's just I don't know what it is, but uh, I know you guys have gone through it. But I think mean, it makes it mentally tougher, though, doesn't it? I mean, uh, having to deal with that adversity and responding the way that your team has whenever somebody has gone down like that. I mean, we've talked about this. Uh, you know, you guys will show up on Monday, and uh, especially on defense, you'll have guys that'll have to you know move to completely different spots for that week and and try to make up for the lack of depth at certain positions. I, it makes you a really mentally tough squad. Yeah, we're really proud of our guys. Uh, they, they, have, they haven't they have flinched. Um, you know, we've had crazy things happen, and um, our guys have just, uh, you know, rolled with the punches and, and they'll, you know, have done a great job transitioning, playing wherever. You know, guys that are normally offensive-only guys, you know, kind of getting their feet wet on the defensive side of the ball and, and it's a couple guys playing on both sides of the ball, which we don't do, um, and they've had to do it, and they've done a great job, and, and everybody's bought into it and kind of just, you know, wherever you need us, uh, they'll play, and it's it's worked out for us. Coach Shane Fry, Westside Red Devils. Again, they're going to take on Hanover Central on Friday night. Winner gets a sectional title. If the uh, Red Devils pull off the victory, it'll be their first uh, sectional title since 2018, and uh, that that year worked out pretty well for you, didn't it, Coach, after you won it that sure one? sure did. That was a good year. <laughs> Took it all the way to state and beat Evansville Memorial with the undefeated 15-0 season. Coach, uh, hey, always great talking football with you on Thursdays. Uh, best of luck here on Friday night. Uh, let's go win another sectional title. Sounds good. Thanks a lot for having me on. Got to thank Coach for having uh, the time to uh, call into the show today. Uh, again, number one team in 3A West Lafayette. This is the big one for them. This is the big test uh, against this. Uh, it's, it's really, it's a pretty good Hanover Central team. I mean, these guys just do not give up scores. Now, the level of competition that you know they face during the year, West Lafayette's got the much tougher schedule. Of that, I'm 100% sure. I mean, the, the Sagarin will tell you that as well. It's like 130 against 248. But still, I, I don't care. We're talking high school football here, and the fact that you know Hanover can go through, and, and this, is the, this is the amount of points they give up per game here. I'll, I'll go through them. 6-0, 6-0, 7-7-7, 0-0. Now, they gave up 21 last week to Griffith, who was a 500 team. It is what it is. Uh, common opponents, too. They, you know, Rensselaer Central, 
38 to 10. They struggled in that one, as teams that aren't used to playing a, a team with that kind of offense can. And they smoked Calumet, but then again, so did West Lafayette. This is going to be the test for them here, okay? There's, there's plenty of good news for West Lafayette to make it to the state title right now. If they can get past Hanover Central on the road this week, and that is an if, but they are the favorite in that one. We're talking, it's like a seven-point Sagarin difference, which isn't huge, but, you know, it's, it is what it is. But uh, the number two team in the state just fell last week, Gibson Southern, but that's on the other side of the bracket. That was a possible state championship opponent. Oak Hill's already been knocked out, uh, which, you know, is not going to factor in. So now you look at what's left in 3A, um, in, in that side of the bracket, Norwell, Knox, Jimtown, Hanover Central, Chittard, and um, Garen Catholic. So Chittard, Garen Catholic, I would think Chittard wins that one. Takes on probably Norwell, although I don't want to discount Yorktown, but boom, that's one regional. So you're playing either Chittard or Norwell, which... Again, the number four team and the number six team going to take each other out. And meanwhile, the Red Devils, if they do win in a uh, go to a regional where they're just going to they're going to coast Knox and Jimtown. I think Jimtown is barely getting votes, and that's it. I mean, they've got the layup here. Everybody else needs to take each other out. And that's if Chittard can get past Garen and Norwell gets past Yorktown. I mean, I confess I don't know a ton about Yorktown football. But they do tell me that uh, they have played uh, a pretty decent schedule. And they're 8-3. and three. Lost to New Powell by a lot. Lost to Pendleton. Lost to Mount Vernon. But... You know, we'll see what happens. My point being here is I think West Lafayette's in a really good position if they want to make a state run here, but this is going to be the real tough one, I think, is Hanover Central. They get past this one here. I think you're going to be good taking on either Knox or Jimtown next week. And then, uh, you know, there's four pretty darn good teams in the other half of that uh, semi-state. You only got to face one. You know, you get to the state championship, you worry about you worry about that Thanksgiving weekend. But so far, so good for West Lafayette. I think they're poised to make a run here. Let's see what happens. We got a break. Don't go nowhere. We'll come back with the things we missed and more coming up next. This is the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer and 101. Hey, welcome back. This is the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer, 1017TheHammer.com. No, I do want to thank uh, our friends. Coach Katie Geralds and uh, Shane Fry for being on the program today. Let's go ahead and wrap up with the things that we may have missed. Um, yesterday I tweeted out, and we kind of talked about it just slightly, that Dan Snyder had contacted Bank of America and they were going to explore the sale of a team. And I said, he's going to get a $5 billion offer and then, you know, claim that that's not enough. Right? Like, I still don't believe the guy's selling it. Then, then all of a sudden we found out the feds are investigating. He's selling I immediately retract that statement. <laughs> we didn't know that at the time. 
Well, come on. Everybody got like all their hopes up that the dude was finally going to move on. I said, he went through all of that stuff to keep it. What makes you think all of a sudden he's had a change of heart? Because he clearly didn't seem to have one. And then you saw the Fed's investigation. I said, yeah, well, okay there. Maybe he'd like to be a little liquid cash-wise. Good job. Um, the big thing that bothered me today here was uh, this news this morning out of Louisville. Uh, you may remember, and we've talked about this in the past, where uh, they did this big federal investigation into corruption in college basketball that uh, companies like uh, Adidas were funneling, paying paying athletes to funnel them to uh, Adidas-branded schools. And that the schools might have been complicit in doing so. And really, we hadn't gotten anything. But uh, a day or two ago, Kansas got a, a slap on the a slap on the wrist. Maybe a little bit more to come, but no postseason ban. Now today was Louisville's turn. What happened to Louisville? Former coaches Rick Pitino and Chris Mack. Maybe they got punished, right? Nothing. Two years of probation, and the program gets fined. That's it. According to the ESPN article, the Independent Resolution Panel avoided a postseason ban and other significant sanctions that began with the 2017 investigation surrounding Brian Bowen uh, and uh, his relationship. Louisville was also given a two-week ban on unofficial visits. Two weeks, 52 weeks out of the year. You can still go ahead and do it 50 weeks. It's a vacation when nobody's around. Panel concluded the NCAA failed to show evidence that Adidas, who cited as the orchestrator of the scheme to funnel money to recruits to his partner schools, was, quote, a representative of the university. They're partners with the university. They have deals and vested interests. It's not as if Adidas was just showing up to the circuits and with envelopes of cash and saying, you know what, don't you like Louisville? Who do you think was talking to Adidas about who they wanted? This is absolutely ridiculous. You don't think those coaches didn't know what was going on? My thing is now, if this is the level of punishment that you are going to dole out when literally envelopes of money are on the table, they've got that evidence. If that's what's going on, And you, you know your apparel partner is giving them twelve thousand dollars cash. What in the world is five thousand dollars and a two-week ban on unofficial visits? I guess just throw the public reprimand. Yeah, that's going to do it. What kind of message does that send? It tells you that if you are going to cheat, they're not going to do anything about it.
Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, one of Archie Miller's staff over at Rhode Island is out for two years. So I guess they couldn't really link Patino to, uh, to Adidas and the Adidas bag men for taking money to players that Louisville was targeting. So it's just a coincidence that Adidas decided to go out there and, and, and just spend money on players that they were seriously targeting and then decided to go to Louisville or Kansas. Because you know Kansas still has, you know, they did their four-game suspension of Bill Self. Oh, yeah. That non-conference schedule's really going to, uh, they'll learn their lesson. Bill Self's not going to be able to coach against Omaha. Yeah, he's got to sit out a Duke game. Okay. It's such a joke. This is why they keep doing it. I don't know what else you can do to, you know, there's just, there's apparently nobody that can uh, properly police our NCAA institutions to keep those improprieties from happening. And this is the same NCAA that you're we're all looking to to try to rein in NIL and uh, the misuse of that. I keep on saying, don't hold your breath because it's not going to happen. It is not an equal playing field. And for the folks that are upset about NIL that think that that's what's tipping it over, this is more evidence. It never was an equal playing field for everybody. It's always the haves. And they're getting away with it. And they know how to. And now it's mostly legal. Ain't that something? That's going to do it for us on the Hammerdown Show today. Uh, big thanks to Coach Katie Geralds and Coach Shane Fry for being on with us. If you'd like to go back and take a listen to either of those interviews, you can always find the full shows posted up on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Uh, we're on Audible. We are on uh, uh, Facebook. We're on Twitter as well. Give us a follow there, and you can always find them. And of course, if that's all too much for you, just go to 1017thehammer.com, and you can go back and listen to old episodes and interviews. We're back tomorrow with Coach Brian Nay and uh, Sam King of the Lafayette Journal and Courier on the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer. Houston Electric is your local electrical expert and a proud official partner of Purdue Athletics. Houston's highly trained electricians and technicians take pride in providing high-quality installations and service. Whether it be for your home or business, Houston can help you find innovative solutions when it comes to electrical vehicle chargers, solar energy systems, backup generators, and much more. Houston Electric empowers people for a brighter future while powering innovation in the communities we serve. Visit us at HoustonElectric.com. That's H-U-S-T-O-N Electric.com.